Greetings fellow runners in the fourth dimension and welcome to the Great Show in the Galaxy. My name's Emma, he's Mike and today it takes you away. All glory to the solid tracks. <laughs> all hail the solid tracks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I will give this episode an official Windy Pops warnings. I've just had a big dinner. So before, <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's crack on with this one. So where do we want to start with this? Because it was one of those episodes that was kind of a bait and switch because mm. it for about 25 minutes it was a quiet place the yeah. film a quiet place yeah if you've if you've seen that mm-hmm. um except not with quiet just yeah. vision essentially <laughs> um and then it turned into something else yeah this episode it's, it's another one of those ones where it tries to do a lot in yeah. its 50 minutes and sure i think it it, for the most part it does work i there are a few bits where i'm sort of like mm, i don't know um, yeah. but I mean, for the, the most, most of the cast were great. Um, and so it was an excellent idea, um, especially when you get to the end. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I did enjoy this. I really did enjoy it. Yes. It's, but it's one of those ones sort of like when, after you've watched it, it's like, uh, hmm. it's like, you're trying, you kind of like try and think over it. And I'm still, I'm, I'm sort of thinking over it, but I did enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the experience of watching it most definitely, but mm-hmm. I think on reflection, I, I once again, I do feel a little bit like sort of a a common a couple of common themes that we've talked about, like you know, the whole uh, nine weeks that we've been watching. Yeah, is that if there's these episodes are flawed in in the way that a they try to do too much in too little time. Mm-hmm. I mean, funnily enough, I mean, even though they've got extra time, these episodes are longer than yeah. what we've had before. I mean, not by a lot, but a bit. Yeah. Um, it almost feels like now they've sort of been given an inch. They're trying to kind of trying to take a mile mm. almost. And it kind of a lot of the episodes that we've watched so far, and this one is not an exception. They start as a slow burn mm-hmm. and an, an intriguing story, and then they sort of go, blah, 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 blah. yeah. And then they're trying to cram everything in the last fifteen minutes, and it just can't quite get over the hump from good to great. I think mm-hmm. a lot of the time, and. Um, they feel they. I feel like there's a lack of confidence in them just having a creepy story with no alien in it. Yeah. Because for the first twenty five minutes, like I say, when this was a quiet place, Doctor <laughs> Who style, I was really into it. Yeah. And I even sort of like the the twist they did with the this quote unquote monster in the woods. And I thought that was great. And yeah. and in a way, I kind of wish they'd kind of maybe stuck with that. Yeah, but then again, again, you know, this being Doctor Who, they always got to have like, they, they sort of feel like the need to include an alien threat or some other yeah. like alien presence in it. And I think if they had just gone with like the Scooby Doo twist ending, I think a lot of people might have been complaining about that. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, because it is again just talking about films. Uh, spoilers for like a twenty-year-old M Night Shyamalan movie. It's The Village. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and the, all the stuff with like the mirror universe, the, the literal mirror universe and yeah. the solid tracks are also great. Yeah. I think it's, it's the anti-zone stuff that I think doesn't, doesn't quite yeah. work. I mean, I, no, get, I, I get why they did that because for, I think we'll get, we'll get into, um, for reasons why a little bit later on in the podcast, but it's sort of like that could have been cut down a bit, I think. And maybe yeah. spend a bit more time with the Solid Track universe, I think. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, I sort of am fine with 
I mean, it, almost the inclusion of ribbons. That character, although the the, the you know I can't who's, who played him. Kevin Elton. Um, of all people, amazingly, yeah. um, who is in Britain here. So I don't think a lot of people outside the UK will know him. I mean, you might know his face actually, mm. but he's in an ever such a lot of different things. Um, kind of, he kind of does this sort of creepy guy stick yeah. very well but i mean he's he's well known as a comedian as well and things like that so Pops um, up a lot during bill bailey's tours I find. yes because he does the craft work skit with him yeah. he, as well doing the okie pokey <laughs> in german yeah <laughs> um yeah which, that's very true yeah which is a great bit i don't know if it's on youtube but do look at it oh it's brilliant it's just, yeah. great. it's just bill bailey and kevin eldon in sort of these black suits with red ties and they're just like so completely stoic and they're sort of like doing the, the hokey Koki, <laughs> it's like faux Germanic accent. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Das ist die ganze Sache. <laughs> yeah, das hokey koki. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Right, so we're cancelling the podcast and we're just going to play that and then yeah. that'll be it. So, yeah. um, <laughs> um, so the problem with the anti-zone yeah. is the problem with all of these things. This always comes up when you have two things divided by a, a gap in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. In the, the anti-zone appears to be 10 feet wide. Yeah. And no matter how much they walk around in a circle... You know, it, from going from mirror anti verse to verse, mm-hmm. when right at the end it takes them thirty seconds. Yeah, and you know, unfortunately, you know, with all the technology and all you know the the sets and marvelous things, you know, it, it's like in Genesis of the Daleks where the Carleds and the Fowls live within spitting distance of each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't really get a sense of um, space. space. Yeah. <laughs> It is sort of like pretty much the same bits of rockery sort of over and over again. There's, you can like rearrange it a little bit, but there's no real way you can like make it look any different from... If it was like more of like a slightly more eldritch location, but again, it depends on how much budget they had for it. Like it's like yeah. shifts or something and it sort of like has this sort of amalgam sort of thing. So like the, these, this is like a crowbar separation between these two worlds or something. Like I don't, I don't know, but um, yeah, yeah, but uh, the, the, the anti zone stuff is just sort. Of, well, it is literally there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I I feel like as much as I I didn't dislike the performance of ribbons, and I kind of like again, but I think like they just because they feel like they need to personify that threat. Mm. And I feel like they could have got away with not because they could have crossed it. The flesh moths were gross. Yeah. Um, I do wonder if it's they just thought we've got to have a moth crawling out of an eyeball. We need someone's eyeball for it to crawl out of, essentially. (laughs) So put ribbons in. I mean, that was genuinely horrendous. Mm. And, you know, I applaud them for putting that in. Mm -hmm. But I thought you've got a a character who is blind and you cannot see. Yeah. And it reminded me of a thing that um, when Nan used to talk about, you know, because she lived through the London Pea Supers. Mm -hmm. And um, there are stories that um, during the Pea Supers, they would have blind people at train stations. And because people could just, you cannot see your hand literally in front of your face when Mm -hmm. they were that bad. They would have blind people leading people home. Because they knew their way without being able to see. True. Right. I was going to say, right? where is this going? <laughs> I thought it was going to take a really dark turn, but I know that makes sense. No, that's what I'm saying <laughs> is you've got a blind character. Yeah. You have sighted characters who cannot see in this environment. Mm-hmm. 
Am I the only one putting two and two together here? You know, yeah. use her to do that because I mean, although I didn't, I like the character of Hannah, and I, you know, I, uh, you know, I applaud again Doctor Who using people who have these genuine um, physical uh, things with them. So I mean, because a couple of years ago when they had the lady who was deaf yeah. playing a deaf character, I'm glad that they didn't go, you know, have someone with just some milky contacts in or something mm-hmm. like that. They had someone who was genuinely blind. blind yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm really happy with that. But I feel like you've got a scenario and you've got a character and mm-hmm. they tried to do it a little bit right at the end with when she was taking Ryan through the through there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I don't understand why they sort of felt the need. I mean, I guess they sort of feel the need to put an alien in it. Yeah. And, and as well portrayed as it was and creepy as it was, you know, I, I, it almost feels like I just wish you were confident enough to not have it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Is I the the solar tract, although it is a great concept, I think it's a bit too abstract to be mm. like the the main sort of presence. So you've got to have something a bit more tangible, and mm. that's where ribbons comes in. And you know, not to like not Kevin Eldon's performance; he does a perfectly good job. But it's just sort of like it's it's having an antagonist for the sake of having an antagonist. Yeah, because as well, I mean, you kind of get into this sort of thing. It was a little bit unbelievable the Doctor didn't realise her string got cut. Yeah. Because he would have to get behind her and sort of mess around with it and her not realise. Yeah, exactly. Which is, you know, as much as I like an allusion to a Greek myth, mm-hmm. um, especially as I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I feel the need to say it the Greek way, which is Theseus rather than Theseus. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, um, you know, as much as I like a bit of that, Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it unfortunately the doctor kind of has to be. I, I don't like these. It, it happens in all um, shows, but mm-hmm. your character has to kind of be tactically dumb to make the yeah to make the conceit work, and it's a little bit like yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it might have worked a bit better if she'd like hadn't like known he'd done it, but was just still Cut like it. playing yeah. along, and then sort of like goes, "Hang on, a second, Mister," but. Um, no, I mean, yeah, it, it it was a little bit dumb of the Doctor to just sort of, like... I mean, this guy's, like, shady as fuck anyway, so why the hell would you, um, like, just trust him to lead the way? Um, but, I mean, I did like the flesh moths. Um, they are mm. quite a, a cool idea. But, I mean, again, I suppose without um, having somebody to snack on, you obviously can't have the regulars or... You know, or who else are going to munch on the the blind the blind kid? You know, that's not going to yeah. be right. Um, so, or they've got a dog or something against him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's too grim. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you do need someone, but overall, ribbons just didn't really need him. I've got to be no, honest. No, I, I'd like to say I just wish that if 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 I've abiding, you know, look back on this series because mm-hmm. we're now obviously only got one left. Um, I wish that they'd have the confidence to just go with the story that they've got. Um, yeah. I mean, because I think without, without you know, ribbons in the... You could have the anti-zone. I'm not saying don't have it. No, and I'm no, not no. saying don't have the flesh moss. I just think, like, they they feel like they've got to put someone in some makeup because mm-hmm. otherwise it's not Doctor Who. Well, um, was the, I remember seeing a publicity... St- uh, um, no, not a publicity still, but um, there's a photograph taken on set... With I think it was Jody Mandeep, um, Kevin Eldon as ribbons, and there's this other sort of like person in makeup, and he's kind of, he kind of looks like a mole, like a really tall sort of like eight foot tall mole. Have you seen that? Right. 
No, I haven't seen that actually. Well, from for all intents and purposes, it seems like that's that that was another creature that was supposed to be in the episode, but I don't know whether it's just got cut for time or what, but like this this mole sort of looking dude was actually a lot more interesting looking than Ribbons. And I was kinda of like I'm sort of like feeling like you know what was what was the deal with that? What was what was the idea? Was he like another sort of like inhabitant of the anti-zone, yeah. or was you yeah. just like mucking around with ribbons, and then ribbons would be the one who like sort of tossed him to the flesh moths or something? It's sort of like it's odd, but it's sort of like I was a lot more interested in that than I was in mm. ribbons, which is you know not kind of what you don't want to be happening. Mm. So uh, I think it's not okay. So. Putting that to yeah, let's put, let's to the say. side. I, I I think that I mean other than that stuff, which I think does go on for entirely too long actually, mm. because the interesting stuff was on either side of the of the anti zone. I wish we got more of the solid tract. Yeah. Um, because I mean I've said it before and I'll say it again. I mean everyone out of our main cast is is great. Yeah. You know, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. If the Doctor is the heart of Series Eleven, Graham mm. is the soul. Oh yes. And the stuff with him and Grace in the Solitrack universe, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. Yeah. That boy can act up a storm, my old yep. son, because, wow, that was really, that was really something. And, and it's not sort of like overwrought either. Um, no. He, he plays it very sort of low key. And just when he says that thing, oh, this isn't fair. Or, you know, when he finally rejects. Um, solid track grace and he just goes so close to which is so close mm-hmm. and you know he says the real grace would never let ryan be left in danger and it's just sort of like you'd expect him to like rage or be sobbing or something but it's just like no you know this is he just he's just so it just does so much with like so little so little yeah um, and that's you know not to say they, they don't give him enough to do because he's great. Yeah. I mean, even the bit where he sort of like <laughs> he takes into his pocket and pulls out a cheeks and pickle sandwich because it's just like <laughs> a nice little like callback to Rosa. It's just, well, you know, we never hard ever stopped to have some lunch. You got to have something with us, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. He can't <laughs> do... <laughs> no, but I, I did quite like the, the line as well where the doctor sort of monitors him for going sort of near the alien. He's like, I didn't give him my credit card details. Yeah. <laughs> But that, that was, I mean, that's another great bit when you watch it back. It says, no, I wasn't lured, but that's what, exactly what the solid track does. It's it's mm. foreshadowing it a bit. And it's like, great, but it's such a good line in the moment. Yeah. So I, I kind of wish they played that up a bit more, actually. Mm. Um, because it, do you know what it reminds me of? Do you remember the episode of the X-Files with the giant mushroom in the field? And Mulder and Scully have the hallucinations about, you know, their life and it slowly digesting them. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Was that late, later on in the series? It's late, yeah. It yeah. was late series. Sort of six, sort of late series six, right. middle series seven, something like that, yeah. Right, yeah. So basically the idea is that there's like this giant, one of those giant underground fungi things mm-hmm. and Mulder and Scully have gone to investigate sort of a, a couple of skeletonized um, people that are found in a hotel room. Mm. And at some point in the episode, they're sort of infected by spores and then they start hallucinating their their usual lives but things don't really work right and then they mm-hmm. kind of wake up in being di- uh, inside the thing being digested and make their way out sort of thing um so i, I kind of wish it had been a bit more malevolent in that way because you could have mm. made that work i think without the um 
the, the kind of the anti-zone stuff or yeah. there being sort of an explicit, you know, stuff in the, anti, you know, kind of ribbons, especially. Mm-hmm. I think that if you'd kind of put things into our universe yeah. or, you know, sort of illusions or a voice or something like that and people are being seduced over. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I like that thing with Eric of, um, I mean, I, I think it's really healthy and useful that you have people who um in their grief do things that are not rational oh yeah yeah. Because I don't think you see that enough being reflected on telly. Because you have that thing of people I mean, either just go insane or are completely hysterical or do, mm-hmm. you know, crazy things. And obviously yeah. then you put that down to the extreme. But then very naturally someone losing someone very early, unexpectedly, falling into a depression, you know, and then kind of through a lot of things... Um, uh, you know, neg- neglecting their kid because they've been seduced by the the thought of having their loved one back. Yeah. Um, it's but as well, no one judges him for it. Mm. You know, well, Hannah says obviously you haven't, you are not been well since Mum died. Yeah. Um, and no one says you are terrible for doing this. Everyone just, you know, people say he has gone through something awful and has done something bad in response, but that's grief. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I appreciate that so much because it's real. Yeah. And I don't think you, you don't see that enough. Uh, you know, because if if that happened in another drama, people would be very judgy about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to, to be fair. I mean, they were pretty judgy about him before they realised why he was there. Yes. You know, Trina, Trina hadn't showed up at that point, so they just thought he just buggered off and left yeah. her, Hannah. And, you know, that's that's actually one of the most telling bits when uh, Graham says, I'm going to lamp him. And, and yeah, says, no, I'm not. I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. And also, I do. I would actually like to talk about Ryan. Yes. Because when he says stuff like, are you sure your dad doesn't just disappeared? And, you know, quite rarely people go, like, well, hang on, what the hell? But, you know, that's happened to him. So, of course, he's going to be yeah. sort of judgy about it. And, um yeah, Ryan's quite an interesting case in this uh, episode because mm. he's doing like there's this recurring thing that has been coming up through series eleven is doing the wrong thing for the right reasons. Yeah, especially like when he sort of, like drags Hannah off into like the the bedroom and then locks the door to keep to keep her safe. But you know because he, he doesn't like really want any resistance. He just likes one of like I've been given this task. I'm going to do this. I don't you know. He's very dismissive of her, you know. Um, but it's also like the way he does it is really insulting her because it, you know, robs her of her agency. It you know, sure does, yeah. Yeah, and you know, Anna, for her credit, you know, there's a lot of moments where she's like, you know, yeah, I'm blind, but don't treat me like I'm a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, like especially when she like rejects Trina, um, the solid track Trina anyway. Um, mm. She just like instantly knows. Like, you know, you're not my mum. And um, and like, even, like, the bits, like, where the Doctor's, like, creating the map, quote-unquote. But, you know, the, the words on the... She writes are actually quite chilling, you know, assume her dad is dead, keep her safe, mm. find out who else can take care of her. And she quite quickly, sort of, like, figures out, mm, that's not a map. She wrote something down. And, mm. you know, she tries to call Ryan on that fact. And, that, you know, that's when he, like, bundles her into the bedroom. I think... And maybe an under something that they're not calling out in the scripts, maybe that they maybe should, is mm. that Ryan is a young man. I mean, he's nineteen. Yeah. 
And I, I feel like, obviously, because he, although he's biologically a grown-up, mm-hmm. uh, um, he's got a lot of maturing to do, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I feel like that, obviously, I mean, it would create more conflict, but I feel like I wish that Graham would kind of call him on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, although he's not his dad or his real, his biological parent or mm-hmm. grandparent, um Ryan, uh, Graham has taken on that that role for him, and in in a way, um, yeah. and I, I mean, I, in a way, I do wish that there was maybe an odd scene or two here of Gra- of sort of Graham taking him aside and kind of telling him, no, you know, you've got to don't be doing that, man. It's it's you know, it's uh, so I wish that that was kind of flagged up a little bit more in the scripts mm-hmm. because um, I feel like you kind of just have to take that on on intuition almost yeah. a little bit, yeah. Should we talk about Jodie? Yes, let's talk about Jodie because I like Jodie very much, and I thought she was mega in this. Yeah. Um. I, I the, the the bit where she's chatting to you know going on about the solid track thing to Yaz. Mm-hmm. I was um I was into that very much. I thought that was good. Yeah, I love her when she like the the sort of like the vocal beats she does and like the hand movement she does when she's like trying to remember the story because that's the sort of thing you you do when you're trying to like remember something from long 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 ago. You, you can't just like rattle it off instantly mm. um like that's just like really positive and i'm so glad i found out now where the bit from the trailer where she like kisses someone or something goodbye is from because like mm. I was, that was probably throughout the series i thought was going to appear in sunanka conundrum was going to appear in teams of the punjab or something like where where's this from and it's like i don't know why i just really like very taken with that shot it just seems like such a 13th doctor thing to do you know yeah, I mean? it sure is. Yeah, I mean, I like that we're now getting into this thing of this is a thirteenth Doctor thing to do mm-hmm. because she's now kind of moulding it to how, you know, to rather than being, you know, this is quite tenth Doctor or this is quite eleventh Doctor, it's yeah. kind of her things now, which is, you know, is what you want at kind of this point in having a having a Doctor, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was pleased to see that and. Um, I think we should probably talk about the frog in the room at, at this point because <laughs> I loved it. I, I didn't hate it. Um, the oh. only thing, I mean, although I didn't hate the concept, mm-hmm. I think the the effect was a little bit shit. Well, yes. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll give I'll give you that. It wasn't the best puppet going, but no, I don't know. I mean, it's an alien universe. A conscious universe masquerading as a frog. I mean, you know, it's not going to be <laughs> entirely perfect. But the fact that it's, it's Sharon D. Clark voicing it—it's just—I don't know why. I just absolutely love the idea. I don't—I don't mind it being a little bit crap. But... No, I mean, obviously, I mean, because you know, it just have happened that we'd watched Planet of the Spiders. So, mm-hmm. well, like the day on the day that we watched <laughs> uh, watched that, and you know, it's kind of like well. You know, compared to this, it's kind mm. of no contest. Um, but I just feel like if you're going to have Sharon D. Clark there and mm. you're going to have her do the voice, can we not just have her? Yeah. But um, then again, I, I kind of like the solo track's choice of throw because it's like, yeah. it says, this, you know, this amuses me much like they amused Grace. So I decided to choose this form. Mm. rather And because, you know, um, I, think, I think it would have been like a bit too... Maybe it's obvious for it to take Grace's form, mm, but yeah. I, I like I like it how it has it, it takes on this like symbol or this thing that you know it's it's enjoying something by by proxy through Grace. 
Do you know what I mean? Um, and I, I like the, the the fact that you know the Doctor sort of like rather than trying force like Eric to leave the the mirror universe, she basically sort of like seduces the Solitract, saying, mm. you know, this guy's just an idiot. You know, you know, you, you want somebody who's seen things who's experienced the universe that you want to be part of, and that's me, and I'll let you know, tell you everything you want to know, but, you know, let him go, and, you know, can have me. And I really like that sort of, it's like, it's the more sort of like, I don't want to say sensible kind of sacrifice that the Doctor could do, but it's sort of like, yes. can you think of like Back to Eaters of Light? Mm. You know, when the Doctor's prepared to sort of like seal himself away to stave off the beasts, and it's sort of like it sort of like seems to like come out of nowhere, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, but I understand. Here yeah. It's, it's much more like logical. Yeah, it's much more earned. I, I I I entirely agree there. Yeah, yeah. I just I feel like there was a little bit of like um, during that scene, like when they sort of cut to it, and I was a little bit like, blah, blah, what? <laughs> 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 kind of the, that kind of harm. You know, when you just sort of blink and go, oh, okay, that's what they're doing. Yeah. But yeah, I I completely understand where you're coming from. I say I like to say I didn't hate it at all. No. That some people on the internet went lost their fucking minds oh, about it. Yeah, I mean, I've oh man. I- just for, for the record, this is episode's coming out a bit late because I've been on holiday, so I didn't actually get to watch this on the transmission date. But I did stay off Twitter, um, or well, stay away from like the Doctor Who hashtag on Twitter um, and Tumblr as well. So when the frog showed up, I thought, "Oh, that's gonna annoy so many people." Yeah, God. I mean, watching it live, I just—I mean, there was a part of my brain that went, "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, okay, yeah, I mean, I'll say it again. The the puppet itself is not super great. It does look good. It doesn't move very well. Yeah, but, I think it's just the mouth stuff as well, because yeah. it didn't quite sink and no. all that sort of thing. I well, mean, you know. Well, simple is don't have a talk. Just have Sharon D. Clark's voice with a bit of reverb or something. Make it sound yeah, like a it's bit ethereal. Psychic yeah. or something. But, I mean, I don't think you could have got a real frog, because it would have just, you know, bugged Cucked it off. off. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. or you know, the next thing you'll know is be reading the paper. Doctor Who scandals. They super glue frog to chair. Chair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I did like the what what they did with like the solid track plane. Is they still had like the the roof beams or like the shape of the roof beams. So it's not like a completely completely blank white void with a chair in it. Because then you yeah. sort of that's just a bit sort of like trite and sort of like done. Well, already. it's a bit student student film isn't it yeah. um i did like the sort of the way that they um they did the mirror universe i mean for the little you see of it like you know your man eric who mm-hmm. i have to do the back off them i can do this because it's obligatory as a metal i had to go yeah. slayer um <laughs> ooh, slayer um had his slayer t-shirt was Reverse. mirrored yeah um and um you know, it also sidebar. They're in Norway. Can he have a Norwegian black metal shirt on? <laughs> you know, as much as we all love Slayer, this is the home of black metal. I yeah. mean, I'm surprised that forest wasn't full of people in corpse paint doing their photo shoots. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, apart from that, I was you know little, just little thought. I mean, because but you know, even the Doctor using things left-handed, her party hair is parted the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Which, I thought that that was quite clever. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, did they just like film it as normal and then like flip, flip the shots? It. Yeah, because I think no, it would I, have been I, a lot of work to do just to like have like the mirror. Because you know, having you know, if, if, if like 
Jody's like predominantly right-handed, then to sort of like try and do things the other way around might be a bit. Yeah. So, so I'm, yeah, I'm guessing they must have just like reversed the the shot because it's one of those times where you can flip the shot and then nobody goes, oh, continuity error. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, either that or, you know, look out for auction and someone is backwards Slayer t-shirt on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but um, it kind of reminds me, actually, you just reminded me. I don't know if you've ever heard this thing about when they fil- James Cameron filmed Titanic. Right. They only built half of the ship. So, like, one side of it, essentially. Uh-huh. And they put all the signs up and all this sort of thing. And then someone realised that the ship would have left Belfast kind of going to the left rather than to the right which is the way oh. they built it oh. so what they had to do was take all the signs down write them backwards put them on and then flip the shot oh wow rather because so basically and then when i read about this the crew mm-hmm. had t-shirts printed at the end of the shoot saying i wasn't dyslexic before i started this movie now i am <laughs> <laughs> oh dear can you imagine having to be the person to tell James Cameron uh, that the ship is going the wrong way? Yeah. So, like, it's not like I can just like imagine there's being a room full of people, and it's like, well, who's going to tell him? Oh, we gonna who's going to tell him? To draw straws. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it reminds me actually of when I was watching the um, the stuff for uh, the Hobbit. You know, when they filmed the Hobbit, and yeah. um, they they. Chuck got like the the uh, the DVD box that had like you know about twenty bloody hours of extras, and there's one bit where they're trying to the word the thing that stuck them up was trying to build you know do how they're going to have smaug right right and you know they're doing all these drawings and you know all these sort of things it's like a proper worm sort of thing with only like two legs and then attached wings or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and then peter jackson comes in and they've got all the you know all the guys are standing there with all the the pictures and he's standing with a cup of tea looking at it he looks and looks and looks and there's this bit where he goes i think he would be bitter if he had four legs like that and then you can see everyone <laughs> in gone. the room just go four <laughs> 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 so but funny I think, I think that's the thing though sometimes when you you're trying so hard to like find an answer to a problem yeah you get so like tunnel vision and then it just takes yeah. somebody from stepping out outside going hang on a sec and you just go oh shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway so it's off, it's off topic but um yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I, I mean <laughs> um again i kind of wish that they, they had more of that mm-hmm. or you'd had the thing of maybe something had come into the into our universe from the mirror universe somehow and people didn't realize until they were using their wrong hand or their t-shirts on yeah. back to front or something something like that i kind of wish that they'd done they'd use more of that and then had that kind of creepy aspect in it but i do wonder if it was written kind of without ribbons and the anti-zone stuff and someone said this is basically an episode of the x-files mm. or like this is the village or this is a quiet place we need to make it more doctor Who-y. yeah or maybe it was underrunning yeah or, that was or, underrunning or you know maybe he's I think I maybe said it earlier in the show, but like the concept of like a, a sentient sort of isolated universe, you know, mm. for for a series which has been very like standalone, which is very like back to sort of basics, and might be like too mm. big of an idea. Um, mm. But at the same time, you know, they really should have a bit more confidence about what they're trying to do. Yeah, I, I, that is my abiding takeaway from yeah. from what we've had so far. Yeah, I mean, if it doesn't stick the landing, fine, but at least you tried. You didn't, like, try and water it down. And I think that's kind of where I 
where it takes you away, sort of like falls, is they, they try to water it down by having the anti-zone, by having ribbons. And it's just sort of like, it's, you know, it's what, 10, 15 minutes that you could have used to like further this really great idea. I mean, like even the, the like play on the, the stuff with, uh, in Norway itself a bit more with, you know, I mean, there was a great bit when um, Ryan find, finally finds the speaker and it's just like, oh, Jesus, you know, because, you know, you don't know why Eric's doing that. You think he's just like buggering off because he can't like handle, you know, being able to try and bring up a, like a blind daughter on his own, which, you know, yeah. which which would make sense for somebody who's grieving. But then it's sort of like it could be like given a bit more, like more sort of sinister feel. Yeah, perhaps that's that's what it was. I mean, perhaps they were saying, you know we like this script, but it's kind of too much. It's kind of too much of a soap opera. It's mm-hmm. too real. You know, the fact that the dad's done this cre- apparently creepy thing and, you know, just fucked off and left her in a cabin in the woods. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I do wonder if that was maybe the original idea and they said, now nah, this needs to, you need to brat this down because it's, it's too big a, it's too big a thing mm-hmm. to kind of, for the doctor to be dealing with it, doing a domestic. Yeah. If you see what I mean. Yeah. Because then it's sort of like, you know, why even have the Doctor there? Um, well, yeah. And yeah, and like the, like you say, the solo track thing is probably like too, I don't say grandiose of an idea. I mean, it's certainly within like the wheelhouse of Doctor Who, but it's sort of like to make it just that they might have thought, that's, I think, I think it's like, again, it's probably just felt like we haven't really got a villain yeah, I think that's the thing. I think it, you could you could have made the solid track more malevolent, or at least more um, misguided. You know, more indifferent. Yeah, more indifferent or more yeah. misguided. They've done Eldrick abominations. I mean, we've yeah. had Ascension Sun, and we've had you know things like that, um, mm-hmm. and they've made that work somehow. You know, somewhat. Yeah. Um, and um, I think they could have done it with this, with mm-hmm. with a little bit of. I I, I would have preferred. It, I mean, I always, I feel like I always say this because it's my preferred genre. I wish it would, I wish they could have gone a bit more dark with it and mm. kind of done kind of, not like a Hellraiser thing, but like <laughs> the thing of like, but no, but the whole, I, mm. then I want to say then, okay, an Event Horizon thing. that You've got yeah. a, another dimension mm-hmm. and it is trying to seduce people into it or yeah. for experience or whatever yeah um so i feel like they could have they could have gone with that but i do wonder if they thought oh that's a bit too much for mm-hmm. half past six on a sunday night yeah probably anything else you wanted to mention or should we just go on run for scores let's let's run for scores shall we right. um i don't know with this one i feel like i want to give it a seven because six feels too harsh yeah um but i want to give it a seven for performances i thought everyone was very good in it mm-hmm. and i really enjoyed all the dialogue and um you know uh, all of us who are pining for the fields um <laughs> i you know it's beautiful there i was very happy with all of that stuff i thought it looked great mm-hmm. again you know mm-hmm. the cinematography is has been blinding this uh this series um very good indeed so i mean i, I it feels too harsh to give it a six so i'm gonna go and give it a seven i feel like um i i wish the anti-zone stuff kind of had you know just only been in passing and we'd had more of the solid tract yeah i'm agreed seven um I mean, the puppet frog was not great. The anti-zone stuff probably was unnecessary, but everything else just sort of like really helps it. And mm-hmm. I think it's just, like I say, just like you, you try and do like three things at once. You don't, you haven't, you know, even though you've got five more minutes, you haven't still haven't got the time. Like if it's mm-hmm. been a 60 minute episode, you might have managed it. But 
as it is, it just it just sort of like stops short of being great. But I, it was yeah. very enjoyable. Yes, it was highly is a highly enjoyable watch. But yeah, um, yeah not without its uh, its issues. Mm-hmm. So let us know your thoughts. You can email us at greatestshow at simplysyndicated.com, tweet us at greatestshowpod, or you can visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash greatestshowpodcast. We invite you to visit simplysyndicated.com and check out our many sister shows on the network, and as always, we welcome your support. The best way you can help us out is by signing up to Simply Everything. A monthly fee of just £6 gives you access to ad-free versions of current shows, a library of podcasts from the network's archives, and shows that are exclusive to the service. We also have a merchandise store that offers apparel and accessories to both Europe and America. We also have a Patreon and you can donate to the network through PayPal, over which links to both are on the bottom of the website. So that being said, thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. Until next time, take care and bye-bye.